Hey everybody, it's Melissa. I'm back. I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to another episode. And, uh, oh man. Okay, so I have a lot of things that I want to talk about. So I'm just going to talk and see what comes out. But I mean, there's one particular thing I want to talk about today, but I also really want to talk about my recent trip to Vegas. We went to Vegas for New Year's Eve, which was a horrible idea, but I'll explain more about that in a minute. But first, I want to say that I'm super, super, super glad that we are through the holiday season. New Year's is over. We're into January now, and I'm just breathing a big sigh of relief. Um, I still feel a little bit in limbo because I know that my routine is about to massively change next week when I start school. So I'm anticipating that and trying to plan ahead for that as much as possible, um, both like plan, you know, physically and mentally for that. Um, so that's a, that's a big transition that's coming up. So, but that's fine. Like that's okay. I'm just, I'm happy the holidays are over. They were fine this year, but I'm just, let's get back to regular life. Can we? So yeah, we went to Vegas on New Year's Eve. I just want to tell a little bit about our trip. It was a lot. (laughs) Vegas, if you've never been to Las Vegas, uh, just know, uh, I'm going to preface this by saying it is a exceptionally stimulating place. Um, There are people everywhere, just tons and tons and tons of people. Um, A lot of lights, a lot of sounds. Um, You know, you have to walk through casinos to get pretty much anywhere. There's a lot of walking involved. There's smoking allowed in the casinos, so they're smelly. Um, You know, it's just like the whole city is an assault to your senses. We'll just put that out there. So, but it turns out on New Year's Eve, (laughs) Vegas is like... 20 times more stimulating than usual. Um, I didn't really know that. Like I figured when I booked this trip for us and I'll tell you why we went in a minute, but when I booked the trip, I was like, it's going to be new year's Eve, but it's fine. Like Vegas is a party city and it's just, I didn't think it was going to be much different than usual, but oh man, it was it was a lot crazier than usual. The reason we went on New Year's Eve is because we were taking my daughter to see a show. My daughter's 12. She's about to turn 13. So this was a gift for Christmas slash birthday because her birthday is coming up real soon. And, uh, you know, we usually separate the Christmas and the birthday. Um, but since this was going to be such a big gift, (laughs) um, we were like, okay, this is for Christmas and for your birthday this year. We're going to go see RuPaul's Drag Race Live in Vegas. Her favorite drag queen is in that show. She's obsessed with this drag queen. And uh, she was super excited. And so, you know, to, to do something for your children that makes them so excited and so happy is just one of the best parts of being a parent. So we surprised her with that. We're like, cool, we'll be there on New Year's. We're flying in. It's an hour flight from where we're at. So super short flight. We'll fly in you know, we, we flew in the night before, um, late in the day, saw the show the next day, then flew back the next morning. So super short trip. Thank God, because I could not wait to get out of there. Literally couldn't wait to get out of there. Um, but the trip kind of fell apart and just, 
the whole, the whole thing was kind of a bust. Not the whole thing. Okay, so we had a good time. But here's what happened is the entire reason we went on this trip was so that my daughter could see her favorite drag queen. When I bought the tickets to the show, I bought them and then I bought meet and greet tickets. So we were like, hey, we're going to take you to the show. But also afterwards, you get to meet the queens and you're going to get to meet your favorite drag queen. And my daughter was like, holy crap. So excited. So two days before we left, though, the place where the show was at called me and was like, hey, real sorry, but the meet and greet has been canceled. And I was like, oh, no. So I had to break it to my daughter that the meet and greet had been canceled. It broke my heart because she was very disappointed and sad. Um, but we were like, you know what? We still get to see the show. We have really good seats. It'll still be fun. And it was okay. And we rallied and we're like, cool. We still get to see the show. We still get to see this drag queen who my daughter loves so much. So we get to Vegas, we hang out, we eat food. We try and keep our wits about us until the show starts 9 30 PM New Year's Eve is when this show starts. And the show begins and we get about 20 minutes into the show and we still have not seen the drag queen that my daughter really loves and realized about halfway through the show that she was not going to be in the show that night. There was an understudy doing her part. And my daughter at one point turned to me and said, where's Miss Vangie? This is the drag queen she likes. Where's Miss Vangie? And I, I already knew by that point I had figured it out. And I was like, oh, honey, I don't think she's in the show tonight. And the look of disappointment on my daughter's face, you guys, my heart just like shattered. And I was like, this is the, why, why, like, why is this happening? I mean, there are bigger problems in the world, I know, but like such a disappointment. And like, we spent all of this money and all of this time. Uh, just to go see this show with this one particular person in it who my daughter really wanted to see. And, uh, oh, it was just such a bummer. And I was like, I want my money back. <laughs> like, this isn't what I signed up for. Um, it turns out that the reason she wasn't in the show that night was because there was a COVID scare and a bunch of them had to quarantine and like, the show seemed pretty pared down. There was only four drag queens in the entire show. And I think there was supposed to be eight. Um, so I just think it was poor timing and stupid ass COVID ruining stuff for people once again. Um, so yeah, so that happened and it was just, you know, it was a good lesson for my daughter that sometimes there are disappointments and things happen that you have no control over. And like, she actually dealt with it pretty well. She dealt with it better than I anticipated that she would because, you know, she's also autistic and she, you know, I know firsthand when you expect something to be a certain way and it doesn't turn out that way, especially if it's something you're really excited about, that can be really hard and really upsetting. And I mean, it was even upsetting to me, um, just as her parent and as someone who spent all this money and all this effort to get her there to see this particular person, it was, I was, I was very disappointed too, but trying not to show it because I, you know, you like want your kids to like <laughs> look at you as to like, okay, how should I take this? Um, oh, it was just terrible. And then like, 
it was close to midnight when the show got out and so we couldn't find an uber and it was freezing cold outside you guys oh my god it was it was cold enough to be like almost freezing temperatures plus it was super 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 windy which makes it even colder and um I haven't mentioned this on the show I don't think but one of my worst worst sensory triggers is being cold I cannot handle being cold if I am cold I just I feel you know you know how it feels to be (laughs) in a state where you like I can't focus on anything else aside from the fact that I'm cold I, it makes me feel very angry, very anxious, very overwhelmed. And so we're standing outside and we're trying to catch an Uber and the Uber app, like we get a driver and the driver will get like halfway to us and then it'll cancel. And that happened like three times. And then one person couldn't even find us. And then he canceled the ride. And by this point, it's about to turn midnight. I was so frustrated because I at least wanted to get back to our hotel because our hotel had a nice like view of the strip. And I was like, we can at least get back to the hotel, ring in the new year. And there was going to be a huge fireworks display on the strip. And I was like, we can watch the fireworks. I love fireworks. I think they're beautiful. You know, those big fireworks shows. Um, I was like, it'll be fine. It'll be cool. Well, it dawned on me that we weren't going to make it back to our hotel by midnight we weren't catching an Uber. We were freezing cold. Um, and I started to feel meltdowny. (laughs) So I, after the second Uber canceled and I had spoken with another Uber driver who was trying to get me to like book his Uber, but it was going to be like $45 to take us like literally down the road to our hotel. And I was like, man, I'm not doing that. I just, I started to get the overwhelmy, I'm going to lose my shit, um, feeling. And so I was like, I just didn't say anything. I walked back inside. My daughter and my partner followed me. I threw my water bottle against the wall and I like sat down and I was just like, I was self-talking. I was like, it's fine. It's everything's okay. Everything is fine it's going to be okay. Like you cannot do this here. This cannot happen here. Just go upstairs. So like we rode the escalator up out of the cold. I was like, I have to get out of the cold. And so I rode, I was like panicked at this point. I felt like the panicky feeling that I get before meltdown when I just need want to like run away. (laughs) I wanted to sprint down the street. You guys, I just was like so overwhelmed by this point in time. Um, not to mention the fact that I think things were just building over the past day and a half since we'd been in Vegas, you know, being around all the people, all the sounds, all the smells, all the stimulation, you know, that sort of stuff, at least with me, it sort of just like accumulates in me. And then, then we had the real disappointing situation with the show and then the cold, really I think was just the thing that was going to push me over the edge. So I got upstairs, I got where it was warm. I kind of paced around a little bit. Um, there was a very drunk man walking by, which sort of distracted me because my fiance was kind of laughing at him because he was very inebriated and he was just by himself and he kept running into things. And so I was like watching him and it really distracted me, which was a blessing. And I was like, okay, thank you drunk man for distracting me and for like bringing a little humor to the situation. Um, took a couple deep breaths, took a minute, but I still felt very, very on the edge, but I had called another Uber and 
it was coming and that Uber did arrive. I don't know what I, what would have happened if that, if the same thing would have happened again. So we got in our Uber, we made it back to our hotel. It was like almost 1230 by the time we got back to our hotel. So we missed the fireworks show. The countdown to midnight was lot. Like I spent, I was, it was probably midnight when I was almost having a meltdown. Ugh. So <laughs> The ring-in of the new year was not the greatest for my family and I. It was just kind of a shit show. It was, it was a lot. And my poor daughter is just, she'll probably be disappointed forever. I'm like, now I need, I need to figure out a way for this situation to redeem itself. Like, we need to figure out a way to see this person perform eventually because... My poor daughter, I just, I feel really bad. I know if I were that age and somebody told me like I was going to meet my celebrity idol and then it all fell apart and I didn't even get to see them at all, I would be so disappointed. I would be disappointed at my age. So anyway, the next morning we flew back home and Lord, I was, I've never been so happy to get back home in my life. Um, I've been to Vegas a few times in my life and although like, I'm not a person who likes to, I don't know, like drink and party and whatever. I mean, at least not in my older years, like since I've been going to Vegas, I've once, the first time I went to Vegas, I was already past my party stage. So like Vegas has always been kind of a tame thing for me where I'll I'll like see a show and like eat good food and, you know, gamble a little. Maybe I, I used to like to play blackjack. I think blackjack is such a fun game. Um, but that's it. Like whatever. And it's always been tolerable for me. Like you can go to your hotel room anytime. You can find quiet places to take breaks. But this experience, New Year's Eve in Las Vegas, (laughs) there were no quiet places. There were no places to take breaks. There were people literally everywhere. Many of them very drunk. Um, my daughter, uh, she is very, very, um, she has sensory processing disorder. So she's very sensory sensitive. I am not as sensory sensitive as she is. I have a few things that really, um, amp me up. Um, but she is extremely sensitive to like lights and noise and Vegas is, that is what it is. It is lights and noise. (laughs) And so, but she refuses to wear headphones. I keep trying to get her to get like noise canceling headphones or earplugs. She doesn't like things in her ears. So that battle is lost for now because she's stubborn. Like I can't talk her into it. I'm like, it will probably help you feel less anxious. And she's like, nope. So anyway, but she did really well. I just really kept an eye on her. She's, she, there were moments where she was getting anxious. Her anxiety kind of looks like she's irritable or annoyed or angry sometimes, which is the same way that my mind presents. So I understand that side of it with her. And I would just try and like find a place for us to sit and rest and be and live our lives. Um, but like I said, it was hard. There was people everywhere and there was lights and sound and smells. My daughter has a a big aversion to cigarette smoke. So she was just like, couldn't get over how smelly it was. And she was just like, Oh, I can't escape the smoke. Even when we go outside, people are smoking on the sidewalk. And it was just like, I don't know. God. So anyway, we got back and, uh, I've been recovering ever since I felt so tired the next day. Um, my fiance and I didn't get out of bed until like 11, uh, which I never stay in bed that long. I got up at like eight and ate breakfast and then I got right back in bed and I fell back asleep and 
um, it's just been, it's been an arduous recovery for me. Uh, I just feel, I feel out of it. it. It's, it's, it's a thing, you know, once you, when you're really in a situation where you're being, um, I guess where all of your, your resources are being expended. I feel like that's a good way to put it. Like I really had to work hard for those three days, two and a half days really total that we were there. Um, I had to work hard to cope and to keep it together and to, um, keep things in perspective and, uh, to try and go with the flow and none of it's easy. None of it is easy. And that's, you know, one of the hard things about being a parent, um, you know, being an autistic parent is that, um, sometimes my daughter sees behaviors in me that I wish she didn't because I don't want her to emulate those things. You know, when I threw my water bottle, for example, when the Uber situation was getting out of control and I wasn't present for her in that moment, I was very much inside myself just trying to keep it together. I couldn't tend to her. I couldn't be like, Hey, are you, are you cold? Like, are you warm enough? I knew she was probably cold. Like when I'm in that state, um, I can't really notice things going on around me or like take other people into account. I just can't because I'm trying so hard to hold it together myself and just not get over the edge. Um, so that's a hard part of being a parent who's on the spectrum because I'm like, I want to, um, I want to model these good behaviors for her, but it's difficult sometimes in situations like that where I just, I want to run away. I'm just like fleeing the scene. I, you know, of course I kept her safe and I didn't leave her alone or run away from her or anything, but it was like, and my fiance was there, you know, I have enough wherewithal to, to be safe and whatever, but it's like, I can't be attentive to anyone else's needs in that moment. And, uh, it, it makes me feel bad after the fact. I'm like, oh, like that wasn't probably the best reaction and the, the best way to act, but I really can't help it. And I really don't know how to be different in those moments. Uh, I don't know if it's even possible. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was our fiasco of a trip to Las Vegas. Um, I never want to go back there again. <laughs> I probably will end up going back there again at some point. I don't, I don't mind Las Vegas regularly. Like I said, um, it's a very, it's a place where I like to visit for a very short period of time though. And I really like things planned out and I need to have a room to escape to and all of that. So, oh gosh, wow. Las Vegas, man. Okay. So this turned into me talking about Vegas for 20 minutes and uh, I was gonna do another I was gonna make this a different topic I just I needed to unpack my emotions from Las Vegas I really wanted to just like uh, talk about it process it 
I don't know, you guys are my friends, I feel like. I, I need to tell you about my trip uh, and all of the things that went awry. And I am really proud of myself for keeping it together so well, even though the past couple of days recovering from all of that has been a lot. And uh, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about if you're autistic and you have that reaction to being out in very stimulating and unpredictable environments. Uh, it's exhausting. It's very exhausting. Um, so I think I'm going to just make this the topic for today so I don't make this episode too terribly long because I like to make these kind of, um, you know, bite size and and not cram two topics into one episode either because... I don't know. I like, I like uh, delineation uh, between topics. So anyway, what else I was going to talk about, I'll just make another episode. How about that? So anyway, thanks guys for listening to me ramble on and on about my vacation. Also, the word vacation is supposed to be sort of like synonymous with relaxing, but does anyone really find vacations relaxing? Is this just a neurodivergent thing where it's like vacations are not relaxing at all? They can be fun, but still not relaxing. I guess I have had a couple of relaxing vacations in my life, um, but I won't go into what those were, but it was a very like special circumstance. But otherwise it's like all of the things that go along with taking a vacation are very stressful and very hard. Um, and even if you go and you have a great time, it's still just terribly draining. And I'm always so, so, so happy to get back home. And it makes me actually super grateful, uh, for what I have at home for my, for my nice warm bed and my fur babies and my organized pantry with all of the foods that I love that I don't have to think about what to eat or order out or you know like all of the things that come with vacation I'm just like oh just get me back to my nest at home so I can have all of my comforts and my routine and my sameness and my bed and my predictability so anyway we did have a pretty good time otherwise but it was just it was a lot So anyway, all right, guys, I'm going to let you go for this time, but I'll be back soon talking about more things. I hope you're having a great day or evening or night, wherever you're at. And if you are able to leave a a review for the podcast on whatever app you're listening on, please do so. If you're enjoying the show, it really helps me out. And if you want to reach out, contact info is in the show notes as usual. Alrighty, guys, I will talk to you next time. Bye!